conversation with Trans Smith. A conversation with a conversation with Trans Smith. A conversation with Welcome back everyone to another episode of A Conversation with Trans Smith. I'm your host, Trans Smith. Today I have a personal favorite, someone I've worked with um, musically. Uh, he's a producer, singer, songwriter, and that's just among some of his things that he does. Please welcome Reginald Todd. Hey, no pressure after that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I want to know about? Because, you know, we've known each other a long time, but yes. I think we've really had, like, not many conversations. True. Like we've we've known each other since two thousand seven ish. Right. But we've only seen each other in person like a like, handful of times. Right. And then but I feel I still feel like I know you better than that. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like I feel like we've hung out more than we actually have. But we haven't. I realized I that I was I was sitting around <laughs> thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. I think we've only seen each other a couple, and a lot of times, I think one time I saw you because I was working at the club, you came in, that was yeah. like in 2000, 2010. Yeah. And, you know, and then through your husband, Danny, let me shout right. out Danny Flawless Rodriguez. We'll t- we're going to get into him later too. <laughs> of and course. I'm going to have him. Not. <laughs> I know, right? Actually, I'm going to have him. I don't know if he told you I'm going to have him on the show uh, later no. on. He didn't tell me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Keep a secret. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um I wanna I wanna I think the first okay, you gotta you have to I think it was in twenty ten. What was your first video? Was it twenty ten? It was I think it was around uh, yeah, I think it was around ten eleven, somewhere around in two thousand eleven. Um upset video. Right. Um, um, you did with Mikhail, right? Yes. 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 I caught him right when he had just moved to New York and he was running a, uh, I know you don't know me, so pay me less special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So I jumped on it and I didn't know anything about him. I knew that his work was good based on what he had posted online. And so I, you know, I took a shot. Mm-hmm. And, and he did a fantastic job and he even did a remix video without me even having to ask him to do it. So he was really, really cool. Yeah, I, he's a cool guy. We were supposed, there were many times we were going to work together. It just didn't, it just didn't, you know, didn't gel at all. But he's great. He's he's a great creative. Yeah. So, tell me, a little bit, so tell me a little bit about what, as far as musically. Mm-hmm. Now, has music always been a part of you since you were very young or is something that just came later or what? Um, I mean, my my family overall was always into music. There was always jazz playing in the house. There was always different genres of music playing in the house. And then growing up in Texas, you have to listen to pop music because there, at the time there was no R&B stations anywhere so really? kind of forced to listen to country music and pop so i was flooded with with different types of music from an early age but i never thought it was something that i would want to create myself until 1987 
Janet mm. Jackson, American Music Awards. She performed uh, Control. Her Ooh. and four dancers. That, that performance changed my life because she got such a response from the audience, not only for her dancing, but the energy of the music. And I wanted to know everything about how she got what she got, like how, who did that, who wrote that. And before, before getting into Janet, I always mm -hmm. thought that whoever wrote the song, whoever sang the song, wrote it and did the music. That's all I, that was only my connection to music. I didn't care that much to, to delve any further. If you were the artist, then you were the one who did all the music. I just decided that was the way it was until when Janet emerged and everyone's talking about her producers, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, I was like, what the hell is a producer? What, huh? what? I don't get that. Right. So once I got into them and understanding what their role was and how they transformed her and, and gave her a voice and gave her a sound and did all that for her, I was like, oh my God, I got to do that. I got to do that. So Janet Jackson, Control Album, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis have been the epicenter of everything I've done since. So, yeah, yeah. They, that was they were like the first ones, like far as like becoming the star producers. That when right. people start thinking about producers, exactly. Yeah, well, I I know what performance you're talking about. I love that. Performance. <laughs> that performance is free. <laughs> and I, I forgot you're a Janet fan like me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge Janet fan. So much so that after that performance, the uh, American Music Awards performance. Me and my friends got together, five of us, and we learned mm -hmm. that routine and we would perform it around town. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all did. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous now, but back then we were we were killing it. At least we thought we were. So <laughs> So you say you grew up in Texas. What part of Texas did you grow up in? Austin. Austin. Yeah. Which is a music city. Yeah, but it really wasn't at the time we moved here. Uh, we moved here because my dad was in the Air Force, and at the time, Bergstrom Air Force Base was here. Um, mm -hmm. It's since been changed to an air airport, but mm -hmm. uh, at the time, it was an Air Force Base, so we moved here for that reason. Um, mm -hmm. At the time, Austin was a little one-horse town, no music, no South by Southwest, no none of that. So uh, eventually it started to become that. But by that time, I had moved away. I was in Atlanta for 15 years and in New York for 10. And so when I came back, mm -hmm. it was a whole different scene here musically. It was all about the music and all about the hippie vibe and all about that. So right. it was a whole different environment that I came back to after leaving in, I think, 91. Uh -huh. and coming back in 2010. Right. 2015. So oh, okay. was, it had changed a lot since then, and it, mm -hmm. it's grown, and the, the skyline has changed. So it's a different town, but it's certainly a more, more musical-centered town now than it was when I left. Otherwise, I wouldn't have left. I went to Atlanta right. because I figured that would be a good place for me to go to chase my musical dreams because it wasn't happening here in Austin. Right. What was that like, um, being in Atlanta? It was interesting. <laughs> oh, this sounds like a good story. Tell, tell. <laughs> it was interesting because um, I felt like unless you were already in with someone famous uh -huh. in Atlanta, then it was very difficult for you to get in. Right. And it helped if you were rapping and I wasn't doing none of that. All so right. I just kind of felt like... Mm, 
it's a musical yeah. town and it's very black and very a lot of black opportunities, but it wasn't really easy to get your foot in the door. And mm-hmm. to add insult to injury, I was signed with a studio at one point and I was uh, producing for them. And right. they were going through some financial issues and they were shutting down the studio. So mm-hmm. the contract I had signed with them, they let me out of it early. I'm like, okay, well, you're closing down. That makes sense. Right. Come to find out years later that they had blacklisted me because they said I didn't uphold my contractual obligations. I was pissed. Wow. Like blacklisted. I'm like, why? What's going on with why is no, why am I not getting anywhere? And right. that did not help. <laughs> so, so moral of the story, so, be careful who you deal with contractually right. otherwise, because you never know. They let me out of that contract and then they blacklisted me for not holding up my end of the deal. And it was only like two months left of the two year contract. So it wasn't a big deal. So yeah, that was my Atlanta story. <laughs> so so did you um so when they let you out the contract, so was there like paperwork that said that it was approved by them and you know by, you know to that effect? No. And in retrospect, there uh-huh. should have been. But me yeah. being wet behind the ears and twenty something years old and just right. not really knowing what the hell was going on. I didn't Got ask you. for them to, you know, well let send me some paperwork verifying that you're letting me out of this. I just right. didn't know any better. But right. trust, after that point, that's never happening to me again. Right, right, right. I mean, sometimes <laughs> the lesson is hard, you know. Yeah. 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 So when did you decide to come to New York? I came to New York in I think October of 2005. Uh-huh. I had visited a, someone that I was dating there at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in I think August, like two weeks before September 11th happened, I was there in New York. Okay. Um, and so when I went there to visit this guy, I was like, oh my God, this feels like home. I just felt like I needed to be there. Uh-huh. So um, I saved my coins for about a year and a half and then made the move up there. And I found an apartment without ever having to see it, which was a blessing. I had a friend who lived in the building. He knew the manager and he said, well, there's a one bedroom apartment here. I'm like, hold it for me. So <laughs> I moved into my new apartment with never having seen a picture of it, didn't know the neighborhood, didn't know anything of it. But I lucked out because it was a really nice building and a really nice apartment. And quietly, I missed that apartment, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you were lucky. You know how hard yeah. it is to get apartments in you know, New York. Yeah, I mean, it was in the Bronx, so there was that. But still, I didn't, I didn't mind at all. Still, that's hard. Yeah. And it's, be- it's beautiful in the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. I, I was comfortable. I felt right at home in the Bronx. I didn't care. <laughs> so I want to ask you, I'm going to go back to you a little bit to your origin story. So I, I noticed that um, some of the information you sent me, like you were in marching bands and concert bands. And yes. was that, this was in high school? Starting from the sixth grade, I was, um, I wanted to be in the band. I didn't know what I wanted to play. So they made us take, a, I guess, an aptitude test of some sort. Okay. And I scored really high. Thank you very much. And um, so based on my score, they said, we need you to play French horn. We don't have any French horn players. I'm like, I don't know what a French horn is, but okay. Since I scored high on this, on this test. Okay. So, um, so I played the French horn and that's kind of how it started. Uh, so all from sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, all the way up through my freshman year in 
college, I was in uh, marching band. So that really formulated, uh, helped me understand how music is constructed because you're sitting around different instruments who are playing different things. And so you learn to understand how things work together and, and what instruments blend with other instruments and how to get a certain type of energy from what instrument. So I really feel like marching band and playing in concert bands really formulated my the producer I am to now, today because I really wouldn't have gotten that experience anywhere else, I don't feel, just having being right. surrounded by different musicians and different instruments and, and taking that all in. So I wouldn't change it for the world. So so you were born to be a producer then. So how many <laughs> instruments do you play? I only play keyboards, and, well, French horn and piano, but you know. Okay. So, but I, all the instruments that I, you hear on my tracks are pretty much synthesized. So I'm not hiring live artists, not that I wouldn't or couldn't, right. but I'm the type of person who, when I get that vision, I want to get it done and I want to wait to schedule a rehearsal. I don't want to wait for somebody, baby right. mama to, to, you know, I, I don't want to break for that. So I just, I just right. do, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I love working with you. I mean, you remixed my song, Smoke and Mirrors, and, I, and it was quick. I sent you the, you know, the stems and I think it only took you, it was like within a week, you said, oh, I have it for you. I yeah. said, oh, okay. But, <laughs> and I loved it, you know. I want to do more with you. Like, I, you, there's it's open coming. invitations it's, to do something coming. else. It's coming, it's coming. I wrote, I wrote a lot of stuff and I said this in other episodes during the um, pandemic. Uh -huh. So, actually, this episode is going to be the last one for a few weeks because I need to live and um and i have some <laughs> other projects to do <laughs> so you will be hearing from me <laughs> okay I'm, I'm gonna hold you to that because no i'm serious i i, I love it i i just think it's it's so easy working with you and i like that and you kind of know what i want and it's and it works yeah agreed yeah but right. i want to talk about i want to talk about some of your other other things. Now, you also are starting to do video direction and editing. Where did that yeah. come from? Well, I mean, it... Uh, let me see where I start. So when I was in New York, I mm -hmm. was a graphic designer. Okay. Um, and that's what I had my degree in. Um, uh -huh. So the job that I had as a graphic designer, I got fired. So okay. at that point, I was like, what, what am I going to do? So... I was like, I just, I think I had a conversation with Danny. Yeah. And we decided that it would be a good time for me to go back to school. And so I decided to go to the Institute of Audio Research, is what it was called at the time, um, uh -huh. in Manhattan, and brushed up on my production skills. But in the process, I really got interested in post-production and video work and that type of stuff. So I took some classes and got some experience in that so that I could then start to edit my own videos, do my own promo things, and just kind of broaden my, what I bring to the table in terms of a graphic designer and as an artist and that type of stuff. So I, I really like to be as self-contained as I can possibly be, uh, just because. Um, not that there are other talented people out there that I would love to work with, but for myself, right. I just like to get things done. So the more that I know, the more that I can control it. <laughs> right. That's the key, the control freak. That's that's it me. is about control. I so, mean uh, Janet Jackson. Anyway. 
Sí. <laughs> Janet, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Call me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> But um, your your company now. I want to talk about Phoenix Artiste Studios. Yes. Tell so, me about that. What it, does that include? Everything the umbrella. Yeah, I mean that. That's pretty much the the parent company of everything that I do and everything that Danny does. And for those who don't know, okay. my husband is a phenomenal makeup and hair stylist, um, talk show host now apparently. So, oh, I love his show. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's killing it. So I um, love it. So, but because we, we go on, we're talking about you and Danny since yeah. we're here. Yeah. How have you guys been together and how long have you been officially married? We have been together 15 years, married five. Okay. Well, yeah. congratulations. It's Pride Month. We all, <laughs> we right. all like that, like to hear that. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think it's great. First of all, I love both of you and your personality just mend well together. And, you know, you know, Danny's like a brother to me. We know each other yeah. forever. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> But uh, it's so funny. I had I hadn't talked to him in a long time. I don't know if he told you this. I had um, it was my birthday this year, and we all got on a Zoom. No, it was on a Zoom. It was one of the the messenger sites, and he got on, and he was just reading me, and I was like, "Oh my god, I missed that. <laughs> I missed it." And you know, he had. I remember that me. I was there in the room while he was reading you. <laughs> oh, you were in there. <laughs> yes, I heard everything. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this reminds me when we used to live in Brooklyn. Right. But, um, <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day, the good times. Yeah. Go back to, to your um your studio. Talk, tell us more about that. Um, so what Danny and I came to realize once we kind of took a minute and breathed and and took stock of what we offered individually and collectively we were like we're pretty much a one-stop shop like okay. if you want to do a video let's say i can write it write the song produce the video edit the video danny can do the styling and the imaging and the uh, editing the photos and all that stuff so we we can pretty much take multiple projects or any project from start to finish without having to outsource it and and up the cost and all that kind of stuff so we just figured Why not brand ourselves that way? Why not let everyone know that we are a one-stop shop and you can come to us, have one conversation with us about your project and not have to talk to another stylist, another producer, yeah. another editor, another photographer. We have all of that. So right. we figured why not just brand it and put it out there and, and see see what it do. I mean, I think that's great because, you know, sometimes we, when you start a project and you start with the first person and then for some reason... You have five people you're talking to, then it just fizzles out. Yes. It doesn't come together. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, I've been through it. I'm sure you have in the past. And, you yeah. know, so it's like, I think that's great, though, because you go to the one stop, tell what you want, boom. And it gets yeah. done quicker, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. And then if, and then we are all, as a team, we are always on the same page because it's just right. two of us. It, it's going to be pretty difficult for us to not communicate about what's going on because right. two of us. So it just, it's more efficient, I feel. Right. Wow. Um, I wanted to ask you about, oh, I want to talk about your family. I don't know. I don't know about your family. I want to know 
some things about that. Are you from, are you the only child or the brothers and sisters? No, I'm the youngest of five. Okay. Um, I have three older sisters and a brother. Okay. Uh, my brother lives in Denver with his family. Um, my three sisters live here in Austin with their families. Okay. Uh, my mom is still here. Um, my dad passed away in 08. Okay. By the way, your mother is fabulous. <laughs> I've seen pictures. You and tell she her knows said, it. You tell her I said so. <laughs> and she goes green and bat her eyes when I tell her you said that. Oh my God. She loves everybody. Yeah. Oh, I was like, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so um, uh, um, I was born in California. Oh, what uh, part of California? Sacramento. Okay. But I don't remember much of it, obviously, because I was very young. And then shortly thereafter, we moved to Guam because, again, my dad's in the Air Force, so we're kind of following him. Wait a um, minute, Guam? Guam, yeah. From like the ages oh. of three to five, I was in Guam, and I loved every minute of it. Really? Like, yes. Yes. Every minute of it. Because it was a tropical island, and we got to go to the beaches that the drop of a hat, and it would, thunderstorms, oh. and and... and We'd climb the trees and pick coconuts and crack them open with my dad's hammer. He'd get mad about who's using my tools. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know, I think like I have I have a friend that was you know, and they call him Army Brats, yeah. but he's lived all over the place. And I think it 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 really shapes you as a person because you've seen so much. It does, yeah. I don't think I appreciated or understood what was happening when it was happening, but uh -huh. looking back now, I'm like, that was a really a blessing to be able to have those experiences and and to share those stories and have those stories to tell and to write about and to all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Wow. Well, I'm gonna shoot some questions at you, and yeah. this is off the top of my head. Okay. Um. What TV shows are you watching right now? Uh, Danny and I were watching Servant. Uh, I think it's HBO Max. We Servant. Have, we have yet to understand what the hell is going on, but we're sticking with it. Um, okay. It's basically a story about this married couple. And in the beginning of the show, they're taking care of this therapy baby because they lost their actual baby. When What I mean by therapy baby is a realistic doll. Okay. So they decide they need a nanny to take care of this realistic doll. In comes this nanny uh -huh. to take care of this realistic doll, but then she shows up with a real baby, and no one says, whose baby is this? Oh. I'm, I'm still waiting for some resolution to where this baby came from, where this nanny came from, why was she so willing to take care of an unreal child? I, I, they have so many un Tied. Oh, I gotta look that up. Yeah, it's a servant. series. Servant, yeah. It's, it's, it's his first season, and I believe it's on HBO Max, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Um, I'll look yeah. it up. Check it out and see if you can understand what the hell is going on. We All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to you and we can talk about it. Yeah. All right. I want to go to music now. Okay. So, what? give me three songs that have either influenced you in the past, something that you're listening to on your playlist. It could be your, one of your songs, it's okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Just something that's inspiring you right now. 
Um, let's see here. Um, something I'm listening to now. I am listening to really hard Janet's Unbreakable album. More specifically, you know what? Um, that album was very underrated. I agree. I agree. And the song that I still jam to, like I've never heard it before, is Damn Baby. <laughs> to me, it's it's everything that Janet is is in that song. Right. Her, her phrasing, the way she sings, the background harmony, the production, the, the all of that is just right. typical Janet. And the fact that she topped it off with a dance video, uh, my head exploded. So, yeah. Right. So <laughs> I listen to that a lot. And because there's just so much of it that's interesting to me. Like yeah. the lyric, make room, shake the room, bang, bang, you gon' gon' get it. I wanna know how the hell she came. <laughs> I wanna ask her when I see her, where did that come from? What were you smoking? What happened? <laughs> <Where did> that... <laughs> you know what it probably was? Is It was probably a rhythm she had and then probably just put words to it. Right, right, but I love it. And, and like the fact that it's got that's what the fact that it sounds, it's got just a bit of a jazz delivery. Right. Yeah. Makes it even better for me because jazz has always been my wheelhouse. That's where that's where my love for music started from. Really? Jazz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Spiral Gyro was my my group in the 80s. I think they're still uh, around, but they've had some a few cast changes. But that was the very first live concert I ever went to was to see Spiral Gyro. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Have you, have you, I mean, I don't know what it's like down there. Have you been able to go to the movies or anything? We're just now getting to that point where things are opening up like that, like theaters and, and restaurants are at full capacity. Right. Part of me feels like it happened too soon, maybe, because our governor is a jerk. But yeah. I feel now that the vaccinations have caught up with the activity. If that right. makes any sense, I feel a little more comfortable without with going out and hanging out and seeing groups and being in the parties and stuff because people are getting vaccinated. Right. So, you guys had on. a hard year in Texas. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I had um one of my guests um a few weeks ago. He's a farmer in Texas that I had. I don't know. Um, and um, and we were talking about you know talking about the whole thing and how you know, it affected him and, you know, especially with the weather and everything. Yeah. But um, um, I'm going to hit you up. What's your favorite drink? Ooh, my favorite drink. <laughs> <laughs> I told you these questions are coming from nowhere. Uh, you know, I like, some, I like strawberry lemonade. That's my, I love me some strawberry lemonade all the time. Oh, okay. Anytime I can get it, whether it's slushy or it's, not slushy. I I'm gonna have a straw, strawberry lemonade all the time, every time. And if I can't get that. I'm gonna get some sweet tea because we're in Texas. <laughs> Actually, it's one of my my guilty pleasures because I don't like a lot of sweet stuff. I always have tea that's unsweetened, but I will go to Dunkin' Donuts to get the strawberry lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> don't tell nobody. <laughs> they won't know. They won't know. <laughs> all right. Let me ask you. So all the people you produced a lot, you've done albums, you've done singles. Where do you want to go? Where are you at now? What's what's coming up? Professional pod. Uh, let's see here. I have a slew. Well, I'm doing another track with Devon Williams. I've if you 
if you know anything about me, you go to my Facebook page. She's all over it. I love working with uh -huh. her. Um, uh -huh. So, but I've done a lot of uh, club tracks with her in the past, but we're going to switch it right. up. And we're going to do something sexy this time. So I'm looking forward to her doing that. I've never heard her do anything like that. So the fact that she agreed to do it was just blew my mind. Cause I didn't even ask her because I thought she wouldn't want to do it because that's just not her vibe. But she's like, right. oh, of course, send me the track. So I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm like willing to take a, you know, take a leap of faith. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm glad I mentioned it to her because I almost didn't. And, and the way it came up is that I asked her if she knew someone who would be willing to sing a sexually suggestive song. She said, I'll do it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to hearing what she does. Um, right. And uh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's next for you? What's next um, for you as a singer? Um, I'm working on a Christmas album. I've really been trying to get it done. Uh, uh -huh. But some things have popped up and kind right. of threw me off schedule. But I really want to get it done. At the very least, I want to do an EP of like five songs because I, I have two of them done. I just need to mix them and max them, that kind of stuff. But the other three, I have no clue what they're going to be. Um, so, so are they original Christmas songs or yes. covers? Yes, and okay. I want them. I want them to be classic and timeless. I want them to be able to. You can play them this Christmas and ten years from now. So that that's kind of why I, I haven't really jumped in and done it just yet. I know I I want it to be good. I want it to be really good. So I guess there's a part of me that is hesitating to get started because I don't know if I can pull it off. But right, I love a challenge, and this right. is a challenge for me. So. Um, uh, challenges make me grow, so that's what has made, <laughs> has made me the producer that I am right now. Because it's not so much working with the people that are easy to work with; it's the people who are right. difficult that make you grow as a person and as a producer. Because I've worked with some doozies, yeah, and what, you have to pull out one all of the, artists? the bells and whistles to make them sound like they think they sound. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just being real, so you know. <laughs> No, I'm not calling any names, no tea, no shade, but it's the fact. Like you are right. artists who <laughs> who whose ambition is higher than their skill. I gotcha. have to make them sound like their ambition meets their skill. That makes okay. sense. That so makes sense. In order to do that, I have to do some research and how do I make things sound differently than they do? And how do I what are some clever tricks and some plugins? And so it makes me it expands my uh, level of knowledge because I might have not have done that before without uh, So working with the different you know, people, I think, is where the lessons lessons come from. You know, you said check out. There's a new, I guess, a new show on Netflix called This Is Pop. Have you seen that? I haven't. It just came out this week, and they do they do episodes of like different things in pop music. One is Auto Tune. And they do the history of it. <laughs> and the and then pain is on it. Um, and they talk about that whole that process and how it just blew up from the very beginning. Yeah. Check it out. Um yeah, it sounds interesting. I'm gonna check it out. So what was Netflix, it? What right? With huh? Netflix, Netflix. yeah. yeah it okay. just came out, I think, yesterday. Oh, okay. Um what I'm going to go back to what you were talking about without giving any names. What was one of the hardest ones as a producer that you had to produce? <laughs> no names. Um, scenario. 
When I was in New York, okay, I worked with an artist mm-hmm. who had some success as a pop star. Okay. In the 90s. Okay. What he presented to me was he was still that person. Still living that oh. life, still going on tour, still killing the game. So right. I bought into his story, not knowing anything about him personally. And plus, he was a friend of my husband. So I'm like, well, my husband likes him. I'll take a uh, shot. Right. So initially, he gave me very, um, I don't know, uh, let me think about it kind of tease. So I'm like, okay, right. okay, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. Okay, okay. So, um, about uh, maybe six months later, we ran into each other, and he's like, Let, "Let's work together." Uh, so, what we didn't know is that in the interim between when he was a pop star and when I met him, he was addicted to some substances that aren't good for the voice. Okay. And when he first came to this my studio in my apartment and began to sing, uh-huh. I was like, "What in?" The fuck is <laughs> this? But I had to keep my poker face. And right, then right. Danny came home and he was like, oh my God, he was here today. What did I play what you did? So when I pushed play, if you could see the look of utter shock and disappointment on my husband's face. Right. At that moment, because he was like, this is not the voice I remember. Hmm. So the point of the story is when I mixed all of his vocals down, I had to run almost every single thing he said through basically Melodyne, which which allows you to adjust the pitch and the volume and to get everything right where it should have been. Right, right. Hours and hours and hours and hours. And we did eight songs together and it was that process every single time. But- Because I was so good at it, he thought that he was singing that. And he took the, his head blew up and he was like, oh my God, I sound, I don't even remember singing that note. Oh my, hit that note. Oh my God, yes, God, yes. I'm like, no, you didn't. You didn't do any of that. You didn't you do didn't. none of that. But because, because I didn't want you to feel bad about whatever state your voice is right now, I right, made right. you like the pop star you used to be. Right. And so, long story short, once the album was done, he promptly got signed to a small label and sat me and Danny down and said, I'm going to be so busy right now. I'm not going to have time for you guys. So I'm going to come back and get you once my shine blows up, basically. And we're like, what? Like the three minutes after you got signed, you kicked us to the curb and we helped you get signed. Okay, 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 fine. So. Yeah, that was about five years ago, six years ago. I wish him well. Right, right. I wish him well. He made me a better producer. I know some tricks that I wouldn't have known I, had, he not, had he not come along. So I couldn't be mad at him for that. I was for a while. But once I really thought yeah. about it and the anger and the emotions were removed from the situation, I was like, he, he made me a better producer. Right, right. I can do a lot of things I wouldn't have made myself do without him. Right, okay. so, Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I mean, your your attitude is like amazing, and and how 
Because not only, first of all, you're a great person, but you have the you have the intelligence and the talent to back it all up. I think you. And, uh, and I've always admired that about you. And um, and yes, we will work together. And I promise, I don't have an ego like that. I know I look like I do, but I don't. I know you. <laughs> I know you. I know. I know your persona, and I know your your who you are. I know your core. I know you. I guess I know your the difference between Instagram trans and regular old trans. I know. <laughs> exactly. I was smart. I'm smart. I figured that out. I know. So and you have to have a sense of humor. I don't take myself that seriously, first of all. So, you know, you have to have a sense of humor. Right? Right. Like exactly. People want to see now. I mean, like, everybody right. takes life so seriously. Everybody's so offended by everything all the time. Like, just, just, just shut up. Life is too I short. Know. Too short. It was, so, it was so funny when I started this, right? I was, I was nervous about doing it because, you know, you say the wrong thing and everybody's, you know, you know, down your throat. So then I thought about it. I said, I don't care. Let's just do it. But I'm about to have a website and a blog so people can actually talk about each episode. That's coming up next. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's going to be visual soon. Oh, my goodness. Why wouldn't it yeah, be? Why it's going to be one. So, I'm so looking so, forward to it. Each, uh, each episode, I'll be wearing something fierce. <laughs> of course you will. Of course you will. Um, you didn't have to say that. I knew that before you said it. I know. <laughs> but I want to, first of all, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today and just catching up and just really talking to each other, you know? Right. Because, you know, people don't talk to each other anymore. You ever notice that? We yeah. talk at each other. Right. But, but it's please tell, tell my audience where, um, where they can find your music, where they can find, you know, websites and everything. Uh, let's see here. Um, my Facebook page, well, Reginald Todd Music is basically where you can find me anywhere. Um, uh, my Twitter is all different. It's, I am Reginald Todd, but I'm not really a tweeter. So, mm -hmm. um, so uh, my Instagram is Reginald Todd Music. My Facebook is Reginald Todd Music. My uh TikTok is Reginald Todd. Um, so everything, just Google Reginald Todd. I'm on Spotify. I'm on SoundCloud. Uh, on Amazon, just Google my shit. It's out there. So, but Reginald Todd Music or I am Reginald Todd. You can find me. Well, Reginald Todd, thank <laughs> you so much for being my guest today. And I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate and you asking me. I appreciate that because oh. I'm not asked by a lot of people, so I appreciate it. I don't take it lightly, so thank you. Oh, please. You know you were on my list. You were on my <laughs> list to do this, please. And um, thank you so much. And to my audience, until the next conversation, my name is Trans Smith. Smith. A conversation with, a conversation with.